A young woman people can't stop talking about. Go Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. Swift, 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 Swift. Ish. What just happened? Hey guys, welcome back to Swiftish. This is Shelby. And this is Ashley. And um, we're excited to be back. We know we aren't exactly... Um, <laughs> I guess we, you can't rely on every Monday having an episode, but we're doing our best and that's what counts. So we're back. <laughs> we're not that... Yeah, we're not that consistent. You know, last week I was having really bad internet problems. This week I'm still having mm. bad internet problems, but I am Uh-oh. you know, praying to the Swifty gods that, you know... <laughs> This is going through fine. It seems to be fine. I don't know if there's yeah. a delay, but yeah. hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but no, I mean, it's I exciting to be back. Um, fall is finally here. We're into October. It's red season, but it's also still folklore season. So mm, I know. Well, <laughs> speaking of red season, it's really funny yes. because, uh, you know, you're, you have a huge crush on Jake Gyllenhaal. You are love him and he just posted a throwback photo he is he posted a throwback (laughs) photo last week on his instagram account did you see it It yeah i did i saw this story (laughs) yeah it was was him as a little kid with glasses on oh my gosh like what he must have known i know he must have known if he posted (laughs) this that swifties would just flood his comments with you used to be a little kid with glasses in a twin size bed like so <laughs> many comments. I, did you comment? No, no, I did not. I, I decided to give uh, him I didn't. space. I didn't know? either. I just sat back and laughed. Yeah. 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 But I was like, this funny. is perfect for fall weather. Exactly. I felt like um, mm-hmm. I was wondering how he would feel about it. Like, because there's been moments where people have teased him, like different interviews and stuff about all too well and the sweaters and the scarves and all these things and I wonder if he's like sick of it or if he thinks it's funny or if he and Taylor have ever like you know texted and talked about it or any of that like what do you think his mentality towards this sort of thing is um he's probably from annoyed by it maybe (laughs) because he doesn't seem one to really want to talk about that kind of stuff Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think he might just be like rolling his eyes like what did I get myself into (laughs) I don't know I don't know either do you think that do you think that Taylor and Jake have texted well I'm saying I can picture a scenario where she sees a headline like this and is like, or he does, and he's just like, LOL, yeah. look what you've done type thing. Not like a exchange letters and mm. keep in touch all the time. Because Jake Gyllenhaal oh. seems like a kind of yeah. funny, weird dude who is is kind of like laid mm-hmm. back in that way. So I would hope he has a sense of humor about the whole thing. The other question is, does Taylor, because obviously this was a very seminal uh, relationship for her, and it had a lot of ups and downs and Mm -hmm. she's still releasing songs about it but who knows I mean they're I just I feel like if it was me I would find it kind of funny but also kind of annoying so Mm -hmm. depends on the day (laughs) yes 
Well, it also gets to the point where, like, your sister's being interviewed and they're asking your sister about the scarf. So it's just kind of like, oh, okay, come on. that's going to follow yeah. him around forever. Like, there's nothing yeah. you can do. He's going to have a little kid with glasses and they're going to be like, oh, does your little kid in glasses? Does he have a twin size bed? It's just, yeah. oh, Taylor. I know. Taylor power. Taylor left his uh, a mark on him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Tay voodoo mm-hmm. strikes. Yeah. Um, so speaking yeah, right? No, I'm, I'm getting Taylor Voodoo dolls made. Did I tell you that? <laughs> oh, wow. Are you? I am. Yeah. I already have like For two real? or three of them. <laughs> You're going to like them. Cute. I mean, I don't use them to like cast a spell on Taylor Swift right, at all, right. but they are adorable. <laughs> and when I have them all done, I'm going to show everyone because they are so That's cute. Amazing. I already have a few of them, but she's currently working on my red Voodoo doll. Ooh. And... Rolling Stones updated their top 500 albums of all time. And 1989 is number, I can't talk, number 393 on the list. And her red album is number 99. Ooh. Those are, yeah, I can respect mm-hmm. those choices. Um, do you think another album yeah. of hers deserved a slot? Um... I'm I'm surprised that folklore didn't make it. I'm not sure if they included 2020. I think they might have, mm-hmm. but I'm just surprised because folklore is like so huge right now. I think that's just on the top of my mind. Mm-hmm. Are there any other albums that you would have uh, put on there? No, I think those are kind of the biggest mm-hmm. moments in her career and kind of highlight some of her best works and styles. I saw a meme today mm-hmm. that made me laugh so hard. Yeah. Um, you know that like meme what? where I hate explaining memes because they never work because it's a visual medium, but I'll try. <laughs> you um, <have> to- yes. <laughs> you know that horse meme where it's it like me. the illustration of the horse gets progressively worse and it's like, LOL, this is like the mm-hmm. Game of Thrones or whatever, where it's just like by the end, it's like a stick figure drawing. Anyways, it was like yes. paired up to all of Taylor Swift's albums and it was all perfection except <laughs> the only like stick figure style drawing was um Lover, which was a hot take and it and it got a lot of attention and spicy reactions, but it made me laugh and I I don't know if I'd agree with the assessment, what but is- <laughs> it's pretty okay. funny. Which one, if any, would be a stick figure to you? <laughs> Are there any that would be a stick figure? It's so hard to or say. More like honestly. it'd probably be just a song within it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It I is. feel like I feel like it I get so the the uh, inclination to give that rating to Lover because I do feel like Lover is overpacked with some songs that do feel more like skips the more you listen to it. Um, which might be mm-hmm. a hot take and don't come for blood, but I, it's hard. Cause I honestly started listening to debut this week, which I usually don't do. Cause I don't really like country. And I think her voice is mm-hmm. kind of like, mm, not her strongest, but I was like, Oh damn, Twangy. some of these songs are like really good. Like they're very beautiful. And it's shocking that she was yeah. so young when she wrote them. And so I don't know. I don't know. Do you have one you think would maybe so, <laughs> get less detail? Not, I mean, not real. I mean, I kind of feel like I'm maybe, I don't know. I don't want to be, I have to ask <laughs> next scared. week because I need to listen to all of them. Yeah. Because right now what's fresh <laughs> on my mind is folklore. And I'm like, that's so great. 
Um, but I do – going back to Lover and what you said about Lover, do mm-hmm. you think – because with Reputation, I had so many friends who didn't like Taylor Swift. Yeah. And then they went to the Reputation tour because that was the thing to do for everybody was to go to a Taylor Swift concert that <laughs> that year. And afterwards, so many people came up to me and they're like, I didn't like Taylor Swift until now. I saw her in performance and I get it. Do you think <laughs> that maybe if you would have gone to Lover Fest and seen – like the whole production that maybe you would have like loved lover a little bit more. Yeah. It's an interesting question. I feel like I can see that, but I also feel like she'd end up scrapping some of the lover tracks to give room for some of her other Mm. bigger hits, you know? And so like with reputation, she only gave up. um, So it goes, but I have a feeling Lover would have seen a little bit more just because, I mean, one, she has so many songs, but I guess, I don't Mm. know. Some of them could have won mashups. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But you would have been a a lover of lover. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Anyways, but Taylor has broken another record. She officially dethroned um, Mm -hmm. Whitney Houston for the most amount of weeks spent at number one for a woman artist um because folklore is still sitting there at the top she's been there she a little folklore has been there for seven consecutive weeks non-consecutive weeks because there was one week where um it was dethroned so Mm. she came back up which i'm like how did she do that was it through all the (laughs) record store folklore purchases Mm. like (laughs) like so she like came back like does that happen a lot maybe i don't know I don't know. I should track these more. I just, um, I guess it doesn't surprise me, especially right now, because there's just not a lot of competition, you know? Um, But yeah, she's also been Mm -hmm, doing a lot mm -hmm. of those promotions. Maybe the chapter thing actually worked in a way that I just can't comprehend. Hey. Like, Um, if you buy the chapter, download the chapter, maybe that's a purchase. (laughs) I don't know. I, I don't know about that, but... But yeah, I mean, she's oh, had no. 47 <laughs> weeks at number one, which is one more than Whitney Houston. Obviously, she still has a long way to yep. go from the top record, which is the Beatles, who had some outrageous number. Um, but her her life is Do you long. know how many? Was it like 105? I, let's check. I should have had that. Yeah. Numbers. Yeah. So with the Beatles are the all time leader with the most weeks spent at number one and they have 128. <laughs> so um, oh. never say never, but that's a pretty impressive record. And uh, we might have to give that one up. Never say never. <laughs> but still a, a big, fevers. but still a big moment for Taylor. So that's exciting. And um, I know. we've also seen that's more really of how she spent her time in quarantine because Gigi Hadid had her baby and posted an Instagram mm-hmm. story of a little hand and the baby was already living a life we'll never ever <laughs> experience in custom Versace Comprehend. and nope. yeah <laughs> and um there was a little shout out to Auntie Taylor um who had made the blanket for the baby it looked kind of similar to the one she made Auntie Katie Taylor Perry. you can send us baby blankets yes <laughs> do you think that she sent a blanket to Joe Jonas <laughs> Like similar, maybe. I, did he have a boy or a girl, like a blue or a pink one? I don't know. I yeah, just I don't know. I mean, I imagine probably. It, it seems like her mo right now yeah. is because that song. Yeah. 
Oh, can you imagine getting a gift from Auntie Taylor? I can't even. Oh, yeah. Oh. What a life. <laughs> yeah. Next level. I know. What a life. Well, maybe um, she'll send their seven-year-old a, a present, too. <laughs> you know, like one-year-old and seven-year-olds. Those are like the ca- the key capstones. Right. Like when you get huge, like Taylor Swift handmade yeah. presents. And then 22. And, oh, I guess 15, 22. Um, mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. are the only... The, well, the one. Ones. Yeah. The one. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah. we're excited to talk mm-hmm. about Seven this week. That's the track number, the track title. That's where we're at on Folklore. Um, we're back to... It's at Seven already. Yeah. We're back to Aaron Desner's co-writing um, chops and production. And so, um, yeah, I mean, Seven is one... I think you really liked it, right? Or am I misremembering that? Mm-hmm. Was it sort of in your top? I liked it. It's yeah. so sweet. Yeah, um, it still is. I like, was driving to meet my friend today and tearing up listening to it. It's just mm-hmm. one that hits really close to home and it's just like mm-hmm. a sweet, sad song. It is. And it kind of, um, I think it took everyone sort of by surprise on first listen because it's one where she's playing around with the different, I don't know, vocalization. It's more high and kind of breathy and... Um, she really leaned into kind of that atmospheric mm-hmm. energy of the song. Um, I think it is one that didn't end up on like tra- uh, charting on Billboard in any way, but it's one that a lot of the reviewers found as a favorite. Like The Guardian called it one of the best of her and Desner's collaborations. Um, New York Times said it's one of the more intriguing tracks on the album. And they found it um, it, an ethereal, lustrous vocal exercise. Um, The Atlantic Mm. said that it was lovely. Um, Pop Sugar called it one of her favorite. One of the writers said it was one of her favorite Taylor Swift songs of all time. So it's definitely been like a sleeper hit, especially among the critics. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I was combing through the Reddit sub- the subreddit mega thread for the song and someone had commented that someone on Pitchfork, you know, they're our favorite reviewers, <laughs> said it should have been cut from the album. I did uh, see that. I-, I can think of another song that could have been cut from the album, but I like this song. I, I think <laughs> Wait, I think song? it deserves its seventh spot. I I don't like okay, so <laughs> Epiphany is uh, it, Epiphany. Yeah. And it's it's just because it's just sad like (laughs) yeah yeah. it's a little too real it's like mm, it's too close to home yeah it's too real it's not folklore anymore like it's it's the opposite of folklore it's definitely yeah it's like straight from the headlines (laughs) yeah no that's fair yes i i think it would be sad to lose this track if only because she is doing something different Mm -hmm. on it and kind of um i think it lends itself to a really interesting not only like discussion of the lyrics, but just the, yeah, just the way she's challenging herself. And um, I like it. I think it's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Dessner, he talked about it, of course, because he's the only source we have on this album. <laughs> but he, um, <laughs> he said it was one of the second, it was the second one that they wrote after, you know, that first whirlwind cardigan voice memo um she's he said that 
it all was always meant to be sort of a nostalgic, emotional folk song, like really leaning into the folk aspect. And he thinks it's kind of carrying the theme of the album with this line um, passed down like folk songs or our love lasts so long. Mm-hmm. And he just thinks that's what this whole album is doing. And he says it's memorializing love, childhood and memories. It's a folkloric way of processing. It's passing things down. And so clearly I think mm-hmm. it's easy to see that he liked it. But then we also have signs that Taylor herself really likes this track because two of the like collector's editions of the album covers featured were like titled after the lyrics in this song you had the in the trees and in the weeds like different (laughs) cover arts that she did Mm -hmm. and so yeah I think that's the only song that got a a double hitter for those collectors two titles Mm -hmm. yeah now do you think it's because those were just easy photos to take (laughs) during quarantine because I don't know. It's like let's go in the let's go in the woods. We're by ourselves, and let's go in like some field because no one's gonna be anywhere around. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean I'm sure. I also think though, like, you know, it's been interesting talking about this album with you and like going through track by track because at -hmm. first glance, a lot of them can seem like you know just stories or fictionalized, and there's obviously those elements. But I feel like more and more you realize there is a lot of self-reflection in this album. And I think this song is Mm -hmm. one of those that really carries a lot of that kind of just nostalgia Mm -hmm. and um, self-awareness exercises. And so it'll be good to get into the lyrics, I think, because it just kind of maybe highlights Taylor's mind frame of mind when she wrote this one too. Um, So should we get into it? Let's get into it. I love this little innocent track. Yeah. Or not so innocent. (laughs) I guess we'll see. Um, But I'll go ahead and read. Um, So she starts, Please picture me in the trees. I hit my peak at seven feet in the swing over the creek. I was too scared to jump in, but I, I was high in the sky. With Pennsylvania under me, are there still beautiful things? (laughs) Cute. It is cute. I love how when she starts it, it's like, please Mm -hmm. picture me. And it's just like, I don't know. It just kind of gets you in that folkish Mm -hmm. vibe. And she's so breathy. And a lot of the other songs on the track, you have like a long intro, Mm -hmm. like music, like tunes, guitar, piano. This, she goes right into it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, because I I flip through. I'm still at the point where when I flip through the songs, sometimes it takes a second for me to be like, okay, this is the song. Mm -hmm. Because it has like that long intro. And this one, I'm like it's seven (laughs) yeah no it's true she kind of just plops you right in there and obviously this is a quintessential like taylor style image where it's very specific but also but it just kind of wraps you right up into where she wants you and um i think it's really like lovely like just this opening image of a little girl who's swinging high over this creek in Pennsylvania and just thinking like, Mm -hmm. should I jump? Mm -hmm. And all this sort of like very childlike, innocent, like it just immediately pushes you right back to that mindset. But it does it in an interesting way because she's obviously singing from now's point of view, asking us to like picture her there to 
to imagine a world before like mm-hmm. Taylor Swift global superstar. And instead it was just like this little Taylor who's swinging in pigtails and and thinking about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> we can all picture that because we, we have all the, we have the photos of her uh, little blonde haired, oh, yeah. curly eyed Taylor Swift. And we've also, I mean, at least I have been, I remember swinging, like think, thinking that when I was swinging, when I was like seven or eight on the swings, the highest I can go, mm-hmm. it was just above the world. Like I was going to reach the stars and, you know, it was just beyond everything. It was mm-hmm. like, I was like, I can't believe I'm going this high. And sometimes I would drop off. I would like jump off because it was so fun to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't believe I've survived that. And now looking back and going to an actually swing set as an adult and swinging, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, it's not that high. But as a kid, your imagination runs wild. Everything's so new and just big and bright to mm-hmm. you. Yeah, no, I really like that. I think it's... It's a, it's a really telling image that it's like, you know, I, I think it's like um, a relatable journey, even though obviously she's like mm-hmm. so far from relatable at this point as, as far as like, you oh, know, yeah, fame right. and fortune. <laughs> but I feel like she does this really cool thing where it's like, yeah, we can all remember those times where even like me sitting here thinking about my life now, but remembering like what wowed me and what awed me and what scared me when I was that age is so different. And like, just how, like you were saying, like, Oh, seven feet is the highest you can imagine going. And now it's like Mm -hmm. for someone like Taylor, who's, you know, filled stadiums and done world tours to think back and remember how small her world used to be and like how simple and, um, contained it is. I just think that is such a nostalgic and relatable sort of bittersweet recollection. And that's why I really love this like closing line in this verse, like, are there still beautiful things? Like, I think it's just kind of, Mm -hmm it's like haunting and sad and beautiful and it sort of reminds us that we used to find things so simple and like the pleasures were always so simple but as we've gotten older it's just gotten more complicated and and every every song she sings about her age like we were talking about like whether it's 15 or 22 or her songs on reputation or lover where she sings about what she wants now all of those are just layered with like the complexities of life and you're happy, free, confused and lonely. Mm-hmm. But here she's just like, man, everything was so beautiful and simple. And are there any, is there anything that feels like that anymore? Yeah. And one thing, and I don't, I, I love that. I, I agree with what we're talking about, the comparison of this verse, but some people have compared it to Taylor Swift now, you know, they're talking about how she hit her peak at seven, you know, the Taylor's seventh studio mm. album, you know, that's when she finally became free. Oh. And a lot of people are drawing connections to to that and to how she's free now. And, um, you know, she was so innocent w- at Big Machine. She didn't know what she was getting herself into. Do you think that has any, any like pull to it? Yeah, I was – and I was just – I never thought of it. I mean – like that but I was just wondering if you if you thought that's where she was going or if are people just kind of reaching and (laughs) well yeah no I mean that's interesting I I wouldn't read it like that just because the context of the rest of the song and stuff but obviously exactly art is like subjective and I can see Mm -hmm. that's an interesting you know coincidence if that's what it is and I think also yeah the seven 
is sort of a double meaning already because she's swinging at seven feet. Mm -hmm. She's seven years old. And so I guess there could be room for more layers on that. But but And I wonder if it's because how she sings it. She says, I hit my peak at seven. Mm -hmm. And then she says, feet. So it's kind of like people think that's just like she hit her peak at seven. Like the lover era was her peak because that's where she was able to like – grow the most and maybe that's where like here when she was at seven years old within the song she's kind of realizing that things aren't the way that they they're supposed to be Mm. and maybe she is her innocence is kind of being washed away because of the monsters and the angry dads and that's where like big machine Mm -hmm. comes in and i don't know like i can kind of see where people are going with that like yeah i'm the queen of theories and like making it mold to my my view but i think that it's that this song isn't necessarily about that yeah it's more i don't know there's more depth to the song than just taylor getting the freedom no yeah i agree i feel like no offense to the songs on this album that do seem more obviously tied to big machine and all that but this honestly feels Mm -hmm. bigger and kind of like more Mm, yeah like emotional about self-reflective and less about like I'm Mm -hmm. a pop star like let's talk about what went wrong in my life you know yeah um but I guess going into the chorus she sings um sweet tea in the summer cross your heart won't tell no other and though I can't recall your face I still got love for you your braids like a pattern love you to the moon and to saturn pass down like folk songs the love lasts so long which is kind of, I think this is cute. Like it kind of captures the innocence of like childhood secrets and promises. But then you're looking back and you're like, well, this person mm-hmm. who was so formative to me in these moments that were so formative, like I suddenly can't like remember you. Like I can't remember the details. I don't remember your name. Like, but mm-hmm. I still have this like really important memory in my life that I'm just now parsing through. And I think that's relatable too for all of us, you know who (laughs) I don't remember who I like played with when I was a kid all the way but I those are there's still the weirdest little things that I do remember and it's interesting to think why Mm -hmm. our brain holds on to those things and what it can mean and to have Taylor Swift then sit back and like analyze that and kind of revisit like these more formative years and think like wow I am carrying this like this memory is all I have of this person and that's like a responsibility to me to like pass down this story this Mm. folk song yeah I I I love how some of these lyrics tie into more like into diverse too as well because when she says like cross your heart won't tell no other it's kind of like I mean you kind of think of like kids like oh, don't tell, don't tell Max, but I think he's cute. And that's Mm. a secret cross. My heart won't tell any other. And when you think of like kids sharing secrets at such a young age, you think of something innocent like that. But then like in verse two, you know, we'll get into it. I kind of imagine that, you know, she knew what was going on with her friend and they were, you know, she was telling her this, this secret in her heart. And maybe she was like, she just like, was like, cross my heart. I won't tell anybody. Mm. You know, and it was just, and maybe she saw it from a different point of view because she was so young, be- and she wasn't really able to comprehend everything that her 
her friend was going through, but she was like, I'm, I won't tell anybody. Mm. I don't know. That's where I kind of, I kind of took it because for this to just make such a, a big impact on her to even write a song about whether or not like it's, you know, folklore maybe embellished a bit because of her memories, but you know, that this one friendship stuck mm-hmm. with her. And I'm sure she had lots of little friends growing up. Yeah. Too. No, I know. I think mm-hmm. it's a, it's interesting and it's kind of like I've seen theories about, oh, this is about this person, that person, this is about this. Mm-hmm. But it yeah. does feel kind of more generalized, but also very specific, like you said, where it's like like she did end up carrying this secret for her, but not even recognizing fully what it all meant. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I also have seen, you know, the reading of this as queer and kind of referencing yeah. this, you know, I... I got love for you there you know we love you to the moon and to Saturn this love lasts so long and there's a lot of people who think that maybe this is like a love story between the two girls or just more of a I don't know did you get that vibe or what do you think about that I mean, at first I kind of thought that because, you know, this love lasts so long. I still got love for you. But I'm also thinking at like age six and seven, you're just you're just still so innocent. And whether or not you know which sex you you like, you're you're not viewing it as and I don't know, maybe I just was a little younger growing up like mentally, but I never grew anything. I never considered like got boys I liked or, you know, as like a like sexual kind of thing. Yeah. So even if, yes, maybe even if she did like love this person, it's more just that, that innocent love of a child, that, that pure innocent love, right. whether or not it was, you know, more than that. I don't think it's so like maybe she grew up and she realized, Oh, that's when I knew that I, mm-hmm. I liked girls. Like, I don't yeah. know, but I'm not pulling that from this. What, what about you? You know, I'm not, I'm definitely a, a, a song is what you make it. Mm. Um, you can pull from the song. It's art. Yeah. It's how you. It's subjective to the viewer. So I'm not. Don't bash me. I'm not <laughs> saying it, you're not right, but I'm just saying how I feel no, I, and how, how I view this seven year old love. Yeah, that's kind of my thinking too. Is again kind of with Betty and like there was all that uproar over Taylor saying it was from the point of view of a boy. And I'm like, that's fine if she wrote it that way. And it's fine if you interpret it as something totally mm-hmm. different. And mm-hmm. I think that's the great thing about about um, reading into things like this is it can mean what you need it to mean and want it to mean and like yeah. speak to your experiences too. But yeah, I think I'm with you where it felt more like the recognition of like how deeply we and easily we used to love and like no strings attached and you're just like met someone at school and then like five minutes later you're like you're my best friend like let's get married I love you you know (laughs) yeah remember like when your parents would come over you'd go over to your parents friend's house and they'd have a random kid (laughs) there and they would say go play and you'd be like okay (laughs) and then you kind of make up this imagination land and you're playing together and like it just it was so easy and now you tell me to go to like a networking (laughs) event at work and they're like oh go network and I'm standing there being like you want me what like I don't know these people they're strangers what am I supposed to talk about but flashback to seven-year-old Ashley and make friends with a rock like it was just I don't know like and and it's just to even I like sometimes I wish I could just go back there when everything was simple where you know I didn't make assumptions or like judge people by like you know like judge people by the cover the cover of a book you know like you know they're not gonna like me because like you know I'm making assumptions about like 
someone in the room because I don't think they're going to like yeah. me. But when I was seven, I'm like, oh, no, they're going to love me. <laughs> yeah. I love them. We're best friends. Yeah, exactly. I think it's like one of those like big R romantic songs where it's less about mm-hmm. the, you know, lovey-dovey like Hollywood romance. And it's more about like how big our hearts were and like how easy it was to just, yeah, to just love and give love. And that's why um, mm-hmm. the next, I guess, is technically is it the bridge or is it just the chorus? <laughs> I, I kind of saw the, and I've been meaning to tell you. I, yeah. I think it's the ver, verse two and it goes into the bridge with please picture yeah. me. <laughs> it's something I, different. I don't know. Um, We're going yeah. to the next. She writes, and I've been meaning to tell you, I think your house is haunted. Your dad is always mad and that must be why. And I think you should come live with me and we can be pirates. Then you won't have to cry or hide in the closet. And just like a folk song, our love will be passed on. And this is where mm-hmm. obviously it takes a pretty dark turn. And a lot of people mm-hmm. read this as, uh, you know, physical abuse from a parent, um, there is the image of hiding in the closet. So people wonder if it's related to, mm. um, you know, uh, homophobia or if it's just mm-hmm. a kid who's struggling with a physically abusive, a verbally abusive, just a hard household to live in. But it's like, mm. it's interesting how the song takes this new serious approach where her voice kind of tightens and deepens. And it's almost as if you're watching in real time, like 30 year old Taylor mm-hmm. connect the dots about this memory she has of seven year old Taylor and her BFF. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, reading the subreddit, like looking into my own life, like it, this verse really hit a lot of people because, um, you know, so I'm adopted and before I was adopted, um, you know, right before, it was actually when I was like seven turning eight, I got put into foster care. And one of the reasons why was because of an abusive household. And one memory that I just have like in the back of my mind of like seven-year-old, six-year-old Ashley is my stepdad and my biological mom like fighting in the other room. And he was abusive, like physically abusive. And I had a sister who was like five years younger than me. Like she was two. And I would just kind of like, we'd kind of hide like in in the bedroom, in the closet. And I would just kind of like rock her back and forth and like tell her like everything was going to be okay. We would make up stories, just kind of go into our own little, our own little land. And when I was reading the subreddit, uh, subreddit for this, for seven, I think so many people like they they mm-hmm. same thing and it just really struck a chord with me and it would just must have been so different being on like the outside as a friend like where taylor is like she doesn't necessarily see the abuse but she can feel the tension in the household she can probably see her friend like flinch like when her like and i don't know maybe i'm reading too much into it but like from my mind maybe flinch when her dad like raises his voice or comes in or like always on like you know like i don't know like eggshells just by her dad and it's interesting being an outsider looking yeah. in how that must have been you know like they're like oh, it's okay like you know like your dad might be mad but let's you know we're pirates let's you know let's go on an adventure let's go find treasure and you know come live with me if you don't cry like she's trying to make everything all right even like as a seven-year-old taylor she doesn't know what's going on but she's like i have to fix it yeah. and it just stuck with her so closely yeah i think it's a really I mean, it's a beautiful and very sad image that she paints, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's, yeah, it's just that sort of ease with which 
Well, I don't even know if it eases, right? It's more like kids just don't know what's happening, but they're still like trying to process things. And the only way they know how is through this like, yeah, this really romanticized approach to both good and bad. And I don't know if you watch The Florida Project. It's such a good movie. I love it so much. But it's about a very young girl who's living in a very tough situation and doesn't realize how how tough it is. And it's just like Mm -hmm. through the movie, you kind of see it through her romanticized lens because she lives like near Walt Disney World, but she's never gotten to go. And it's all about Mm -hmm. just like her running through the fields with her friends. And and you see sort of the dark stuff happening in the background and it does affect the little girl. But you also you also see how it's not affecting her because she has this like magic toolkit of escapism and kind of naivety to shield her a little bit. And I just think this is a really potent image because we do mm-hmm. have those moments where we suddenly do have to realize like, Oh wait, that's what was happening. Like that's what I was dealing with. That's what my friend was dealing with. And like the sadness of, oh, yeah. of not having been able to do more, but then also appreciating how simple kids made it to just believe that like love and, and daydreams were enough. Yeah, and they, they weren't they weren't hung up yeah. yet. They didn't have the, those hang ups. You know, the older you get, the more um, I don't know knowledgeable, or the your eyes are just widened and opened, and you comprehend and understand things at a different level. Um, so it's just you know when you're 12 years old, and maybe your dad is being like maybe not abusing you, but it's is doing that kind of stuff around the house. Like that changes you. But when you're so young, and I can. You know, I still have hangups from growing up in that kind of household. But when you're so young, you know, thankfully I was removed from that at like eight years old. Um, you know, you kind of it's it's different. You look at it a different way. You process things differently. You kind of tune things out. I don't know. It's it'd be very interesting to. I don't really think about that stuff in my life any much, but I don't know. It just how how I would have viewed it as like a 13 14 year old. Mm-hmm. Like thankfully, I don't ha- I didn't have to go yeah. through that for long, yeah. but oh, oh it's sad. It's hard. I know. <laughs> it's deep. But please picture me in the weeds. <laughs> yeah, no, she goes on to say, "Please picture me in the weeds before I learned civility. I used to scream ferociously See? anytime I wanted." Mm-hmm. And I like I absolutely love this verse or this bridge or this (laughs) outro I don't know I think this is like a really it brings it all together because you have the image of her being like wow I used to have this friend and now I don't really remember her and then you have this image of oh man she was really going through something tough and I didn't know how to process it and then you have her kind of being like man I used to be so like fearless and unbothered and loud and I took up space and I I was curious and I did everything just because I wanted to and now she has to process like oh but then I was like trained to do things differently I like learned civility I had to tone it down I had to play by society's rules and suddenly you see I think all of us have been there where you realize like oh I used to have like way different energy levels as oh. a kid. and <laughs> Yes. Yes, definitely. I could talk to anybody, talk their ear off about any subject that I thought I I knew about, even if I didn't know anything about it. And now I'm just kind of like, I don't know what to talk to you about. Like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm more timid and I'm less um, 
sure of myself. Like I really wish I could go back to that seven-year-old where I was like screaming and just, you know, in the weeds. I'm not civil yet. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I think it's a nice, like this, I used to scream ferociously. It's a nice sort of like feminist cry to remember that childhood gumption and just like, I don't know, because, yeah, it's like before all our own insecurities hold us back, before all of society's expectations hold us back, like it used to be as simple as just being free. And I think Mm -hmm. it's nice that she kind of wraps this whole song up in this image where she's like, that's that's something I missed, too. And that's something I lost, too. And like, let's Mm -hmm. let's repurpose our brains to kind of find a way back to that. Um, and then she ends out with another chorus, sweet tea in the summer, cross my heart, won't tell no other. And though I can't recall your face, I still got love for you. Pack your dolls and a sweater. We'll move to India forever. Passed down like love folk songs. Our love lasts so long. So cute. So have you ever seen, I think it's like the, what is it called? The princess... Oh, I forget the name of this of this the movie. Oh my goodness! But it's about a little girl. Little I remember princess? watching it. It's about a little girl, a little <laughs> yeah. princess. Yes, and where like you know she, um, you know she heard her dad live in India, and then he sends her to a boarding house and um, in England, and the person's abusive. And anyways, like it's just like because 1997 is I think 1995 is when it came out, and it was a huge movie. I mean, I'm I think I was probably like. 10 or 11 but I remember watching it and just thinking of like seven-year-old you know Taylor watching it and her friends and they're like let's go to India and it just it kind of puts you in that mode it like maybe she was really like just fondly looking back and they're like let's we're gonna get you out of this take you away from the ghost just pack everything we're, we're running away yeah <laughs> I know I love that mm-hmm. movie it makes me cry every time yeah um it's, and I, I think it does all those all these sort of movies that touch on this sort of childhood that you kind of lose your innocence, but you're still holding on to just this wild hope. And I think um, that's what's so nice about her ending here is that she went on this like journey of kind of reflecting on like reflecting on what she remembers and why she remembers it and what she wants to do with that. And she kind of ends on this like really childlike image where she's like, this is what I want. Mm -hmm. Like I want to go back to this where it was as simple as just, believing things could be better and just making dreams and plans where we could help one another without any sort of ulterior motives or expectations. And it was just this, this simple, happy, wonderful dream. And I think that's a, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a good call for any of us to hope for something uh, that could be wrapped up as simply as that. Yeah. It would be nice if some stuff could <laughs> yeah. be wrapped up as simple as I would that. love to move to <laughs> India forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone also has said that, like, India has the seventh largest population. They're like, oh, my oh. gosh, look at that. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. But I, I think it's I just, like, such have- a faraway, impossible to think of place yes. that you're just, like. Exactly. I've- like oh like this mystical land almost where it's just Mm -hmm. you know the furthest thing from your reality in Pennsylvania yes and very different yeah different from your life too because you know it's beautiful magical all these like markets and people and just you know I don't know 
whole a whole new world. Yeah. <laughs> um, I heard that you know I was reading. I'm obsessed with like all this Reddit theories, and someone was saying, well, maybe Taylor Swift was writing from the point of view of like an imaginary friend, where you know the a girl is you know has imaginary friend and is going through all of this. So it's really her looking back at her imaginary friend and being like, you know, she doesn't want to remember her life like that. She wants to remember when things are beautiful and how she was, you know, in the weeds, how she was uh, in the trees. That's what she wants a picture about her life is going back to that state of innocence before she fully like realized that, you know, her dad was mad and it wasn't a good household. And I don't know. I was, I, I think that's a very interesting yeah point of view and someone tied it to I don't know where they got this someone like commented underneath there being like oh yeah because you know Taylor Swift's dad had anger management issues and a lot of people are like I've never heard that what are you talking about but I I can see it being from the point of view of a, a girl who had an imaginary friend and she's finally just realizing all of this stuff but I thought that was an interesting take yeah on I kind of I'm uh, I guess that'd be like no <laughs> I mean, no, no, I I guess it would just draw a lot of assumptions (laughs) about her home life and her father, which would be sad, but. Well, not necessarily, though, because it could be from, because she says she's been writing from Mm. other people's Mm -hmm. point of view, too. Like, she could be writing from her friend's point of view with, like, you know. I see. A, you know, like an imaginary friend. Like, you know, it could be that, oh, my friend had this imaginary friend and, you know, her dad always seemed mad. And she, like, maybe that's how she kind of escaped from being in those situations. Like, kind of like when I was younger, I would just, like, take my sister away and then we'd, like, kind of, like, you know, tell stories and, like, check out of what was going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was like, and that's what I was like, ooh, I was like, I don't like imagining it from Taylor Swift having an imaginary friend because. I just don't see Scott Swift yeah. or Mama Swift like that. But if it was from a different a different point of view, right. I was like, okay, I can wrap my head around that. Yeah, I think there's a lot of interesting interpretations of the song. Mm. And I've seen, yeah. Um, yeah, just theories from all over the place yeah. about what India could right. mean and what this means and all that. But I think it's just like a mm-hmm. good song that kind of allows you to re revisit yeah. your own childhood and reinterpret your own memories mm-hmm. and... I don't know. It's an interesting one, and it's like a very sweet song to dip into. It is. It's sweet with like a, a yeah. sad undertone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like it. Where does it fall for you on your list? Oh, I haven't even tried to rank all the tracks. I know. I should do I, like, that. Don't ask me. <laughs> I know. I'm putting you. On. I was like, you're like, what about yeah. you? I, don't know. <laughs> I asked you first. Let's see. I want to look at the album again before even attempting. I feel like it's the middle of the pack for me. I think there's some that I just love a lot more, but it's definitely not mm-hmm. one I like skip ever or kind of pass mm-hmm. by when I'm playing different songs. Um, so I'd say middle. So what's a skip for you? Because you <laughs> asked me what a skip for me, well, what I would take off. What would well, that I be? Well, I guess I mean, you know, sometimes you turn on the album and you're like, what do I want to listen to? And you just zoom by. I guess if I had to say... I do tend to, I think the ones I play least tend to be um, Epiphany and Hoax, Mm -hmm. which I don't think I don't like. It's not that I don't like Hoax. It's that it's just like a much heavier song somehow, maybe just production wise. But 
Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to get into those once we reach I know. <laughs> I know. I was like, Epiphany is going to be a very short episode, you guys, because it's a very short <laughs> song. Yeah. There's not... Or, or it could be sad. super long. <laughs> We're Ugh, all just be looking for meaning, you know. There, that's our epiphany Ooh, yeah. episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, I mean, that is our episode. There wasn't really any tea time this week. So I guess good for no. us. I mean, good for us. I think so. Last we talked, Kanye had tweeted about um, – asking taylor swift to retweet something and we haven't had an episode for two weeks and then i think the next day you know because we record so early before we release he had said he's gonna help taylor swift get this is old news get her masters Mm -hmm. back because you know Mm -hmm. he's really close friends with scott bruschetta like that that's the only or scooter i i I don't know which one it was (laughs) but that's the only thing that i was like dang it but it's been two weeks so it's kind of like nothing's happened but Uh, but yeah i'm like would taylor take back if if kanye was like yo yo taylor i got your masters back for you would she want that or would she be like i don't need a man to save me i'm gonna go re-record my own masters and i don't need you to save me kanye yeah that's the only thing interesting it's a provocative Mm -hmm. question i feel like i wonder what scooter thought when he saw that like, and i wonder what, what? Yeah. <laughs> i don't i wonder what taylor thought uh, too yeah <laughs> i'm just like to be a fly on the wall please stop talking about me yeah. no yeah. it's um i haven't heard much else from him so i don't know where he's on me his either. journey but hopefully somewhere i hope, I hope. <laughs> yep Yep, yep, me too. Oh, but we're glad that we got to do this episode. Obviously, um, mm-hmm. we will see if we come back next week. I think, I think hey, we should be. My, but if my internet <laughs> is good, I am, I am golden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just send uh, hopes and prayers. Um, but you can always find us on social media. We're at uh, Swiftish Podcast on Instagram and at Swiftish Pod 13 on Twitter. Um, hoping to do some fun things on there coming up. Yeah. Well, my um, So all, all of my CDs that I – signed CDs that I bought – are at my house in Houston. Mm. They freaking got like shipped out a week after yes. I bought them. I thought it was going to take like three weeks. I was like, I'll be home because I'm in Utah, you guys, for like the next month. And I thought that it would take a month for them to be processed because I still haven't got my card again, <laughs> yeah. which I ordered in August. So just be yeah. patient. No, no rush. I think I everyone's wondering what's going on with the merch store and the shipping and all of yes. that. So you're lucky, but... <laughs> Right. (laughs) (laughs) But until next time, I'm Ashley. And I'm Shelby. And Taylor, this love lasts so long. Aww. Aww.